we've been teaching on the name. And uh, one of the components of doing, thing in his, doing things in his name is the gathering in his name. Okay, it's the gathering in his name. So we can ask for things in his name. Um, we have to have understanding what the name means. But there's a component of us just gathering in his name. And so the title of today's message is The Gathering. It's The Gathering. Our scriptures are going to come from Matthew chapter 18, verses 18 through 20. This is crazy. And Jesus says, truly, I say to you, talking to us, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth, on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Verse 19. And again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. Hmm. Verse 20. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. Imagine that. Imagine that when we gather in his name, he says he will be here in the midst. He said, I am there. OK, now what I'm going to do is I'm going to work this backwards. So we just read verses 18 through 20. And so I'm going to start at 20 and work to 19 and 18 and so on. And then also what I'm going to do, I'm going to incorporate some of Paul's teachings and Peter's teachings in their epistles to kind of solidify it. Amen. So the gathering in his name is all about us creating a spiritual climate through shifting our focus to the things that represent his name and his nature by aligning our hearts with his heart. Now, the truth be told, when we come in here, we don't necessarily have to pray, all right? We pray to align our hearts to one. This is the whole purpose for the worship music. When you come to church and you hear worship music, the whole purpose of the worship music is to break up the soil of the heart, one. But two, it is so that we can get unified. We can become harmonious. Everybody singing one song, talking about one thing. And if we came in here and we just shifted our mind to his heart, he would show up. We don't have to say nothing. That's why after we were done with everything, I just, I was quiet. I said, I'm not going to say anything. Because you don't need to make noise to get the presence. You don't, you don't, you don't have to do that. When, when, when she's praying, the whole thing with us coming together is, is us coming together in agreement. 
There's strength in our agreement. There's strength in us gathering in his name, which means what the devil tries to do is he'll have us come together, but then all our minds will be on something different. You're in here, but you're worried about what's going on after you leave. You worry about something that happened last night. You worry about engagements, different things that you have have going on outside of here. But when you come here and we gather here, we are to have one heart and one mind. And I'm going to walk you through the scriptures. Um, Matthew 8 and 20 says, for where there are two or three, for where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst. Now, the philosophy behind two or three can be found in Ecclesiastics chapter four, verses nine through 12. And it says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. So if we were working at a project or we were working doing something, the Bible lets us know that two people working are better than one. This is the reason why when Jesus sent his disciples out, he sent them to get, he sent them out two at a time. Verse 10 says, for if either of them falls, the, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. So the word promotes community. The devil wants to isolate you. He wants to isolate you. He does his best work on us when we are alone. That's why he brings in the spirit of offense. Let me say it again. This is why he brings in the spirit of offense. Let me say it again. This is why he brings in the spirit of offense. He wants you to get offended. So many people are offended by the church to the point where what? They won't even come. It's the trick of the enemy. He know if I can, if I can get you to stay away from the church, I got you all to myself. Now, there's some more math behind it. Verse 11 says this. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? So now these are survival tactics. They send two people out in, in uh, military and different things like that. And if you were to, to let's say, get cold and it's, it's, it's in the wintertime or something like that, two people can keep one another warm, but one person by themselves will freeze to death. You need com companionship. You need your brother and your sister next to you more than you know. You have no idea. Verse 12 says, and if one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. So by yourself, you can be overpowered. But it's hard to overpower you when it's two of us. It could be 10 of them, but if it's two of us, it's kind of hard. It's easier when it's one, but watch this. It says, a cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. 
So numbers are a good thing. We're talking about the gathering. The Bible says that one, and now we're talking about demonic activity. It says one can put a thousand to flight. So you by yourself can put a thousand demons to flight. That's the math. When Jesus went to lay hands on somebody, this man was filled with demons. And they said, what is your name? He said, my name is Legion because there's many of us. Now, a legion is 2,000. So this is what this means. That if the devil's going to attack you, he's going to send more than 1,000. Because he knows the math. One can put a thousand to flight. So you by yourself, you can crush a thousand demons. So the devil know I got to send more than a thousand at you. If I'm going to disrupt your life, I got to send more than a thousand demons at you at one time. So it says that one can put a thousand to flight, but then it says two can put 10,000 to flight. So it goes up in tens. So you can put a thousand demons to flight, but if we get together, we can put 10,000. He said if we're gathered together where there's two or three. So if it's three of us and you take 10,000 times 10, what is that? A hundred thousand. So three of us together can put 100,000 demons to flight. So now, imagine this room in here now, how many demons we can put to flight. It's the gathering. You have to understand your power that you have. The devil has, the only power he has is to make you agree with him. That's it. He has no authority. He has no power. He would tell you something and he just needs you to agree with him. If you agree with him, then he uses your power against you. He'll tell you you're a failure. And then when you agree, you you're not a failure because he said that you are a failure because you agreed. So when we gather together as a community or as a family, we gather in his name. Meaning we are gathering as representatives of all that the name represent. In the Greek, the word name is the Greek word anima, which means everything that you can possibly think about when you think of God, when you think of the Father, when you think of the Holy Spirit, when you think of the Son, everything that you can possibly think of. So when he tells us to gather in his name, he's saying gather in my power, gather in my authority, gather in my love, with my peace, with my joy, with my patience, with my strength, with my understanding, with my wisdom, with my honor, with my humility. Gather as priests and kings. Gather as sons and daughters when you gather in my name. So what the devil tries to do is when we gather, he tries to have us all come together, but everybody focus on something different. 
We're here. Look, we have church from 12 to 2. If y'all got here at 11.30, by 12 o'clock, I can be up here teaching. <laughs> it's 1 o'clock. He distracts. He distracts because he knows that the word can't go forth until the spirit moves. So when we gather here, he has to have everybody in here distracted, worry about their own thing instead of engaging in a prayer. The reason why she keeps praying is because the spirit hasn't moved. And the reason why she has to keep doing it is because you're distracted. <laughs> Something is on your mind other than the name. Something is on your mind other than engaging in a prayer. Like I said, we don't have to come in here and necessarily pray. If we just came in here and sat in here with one heart, with one heart, which means the Bible said that his presence will be here. So if we came in here and, and we just, everybody miles on Popeye's chicken, y'all look happy now see what I'm talking about <laughs> no, <I'm just> like <laughs> the presence of God can't move that's why if you come to Wednesday prayer we put up all the stuff about sex trafficking about praying for the youth about praying, praying for mar marriages about praying for relationships about praying for the homeless. Why are we doing that? Because when you come in here to pray, your heart needs to shift from whatever you're going through, whatever circumstance, whatever situation you got going on to his heart and what concerns him. Which means right now, if we went into a deep prayer about sex trafficking, if we just all took one mind and just thought about how egregious this is, how horrific this is, it would automatically bring his presence. If we all right here just focus on the homeless situation and it, and it just melt, got to the place where it melted our heart, he said, my presence comes into the room. So we gather in his name. And he said, if we gather in his name, understanding who we are, if we gather in his love, in his peace, in his humility, it is this gathering where he says, I will be in the midst. Now, I am in your midst means this, his rule. It literally means that I am with them by my divine power. So the moment that we gather in his name with one heart, he says that the Holy Spirit drops into the room. One mind, one heart in agreement with unity. Now, it, it doesn't just work in church. It works in your household. It works in self. Let me keep going. Verse 19 says, and again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about anything 
that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. So when we come together in his name, the strength of our gathering is our agreement. It's our harmony. It's our unit, our unity. It's us being on one accord. The strength of our gathering is our agreement. Agreement is covenant. This is the strength. It says where two of you, it says if two of you agree on earth about anything and you ask it, why earth? Because earth is our rule, it's our domain to rule. So if we agree on anything and we ask Jesus said that the Father will automatically make this happen for us. Now, Paul's teaching through his letters, 1 Corinthians 1 and 10 says, now I exhort you, because we hear Jesus saying it, but I want, to hear, I want you to see Jesus saying it, but then I want you to connect it with Paul's teaching. It says, now I exhort you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree and that there be no division among you, but that you may be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. This is Paul teaching the Corinthian church. So, if we all agree, Paul said there will be no division. There's no division. As long as we all agree, which means if we come in here and we are not all in agreement, by default, there is what? Division. By default. So if we come in here for a prayer meeting, if we gather here and everybody in here has something different on their mind, it's division in here. The division in here is what prevents the atmosphere from moving. It is the division in your mind with the word that prevents your life from moving. Any area of your life where you don't agree with the word of God, there is division. The Holy Spirit cannot move. The Holy Spirit is called the spirit of truth. So any area of your life where it does not align with the word, the Holy Spirit can't speak to it. Because it's the spirit of truth. It can only speak truth to you. Now, the presence of God in a service can make you complete. The scripture just said, but that you may, but that you be made complete. So the purpose of the gathering and agreement is so that you can be made complete. Now to be made complete is to be made what one ought to be. So what just happened in the service just now was strengthening. Who was just strengthened? Uh, that was because of agreement. Prophecy goes forth. We just seen that. 
All this happens because of agreement. I'm letting you know because we can do this on purpose intentionally. <laughs> we can do it on purpose in our household where two or three where two agree about anything. So me and my wife sit down as a married couple and we agree this is how our life is going to be. God, okay, boom, I'm going to make that happen for y'all. <laughs> That's why he tries to create division. Because he knows where there's division, there is no agreement. And where there's division, that God can't move there. I'm provoking y'all. When we come in here for prayer, before you leave your house, you should be praying in tongues. Matter of fact, you should have been up a couple hours before service praying in tongues. You should have prayed before you got here. So that when you get here, you're on fire and you're just adding your log. And when that happens, this is how you see miracles, signs, and wonders. But if we gather in flesh... We see nothing. He said, Paul said, but that you may be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. The same mind means that we are to have the same mode of thinking and deciding. Why did we show up here today? It should be for the same reason. Then he said the same judgment, which means our faith should be formed the same. We should, everybody here should have the same belief system. Everybody in here should have came here today with an expectation to what? Feel the presence of God. To see a miracle. Somebody going to get healed today. <laughs> Somebody's going to get an answer. Someone's going to leave here with clarity of mind. It's the gathering. Because you don't know. You got strengthened. Questions you had. It's all because of the presence. You, know, you, you, you just don't know. But you would never know if you show up straggly, you come in here tired, and you just... You're on your phone. You're thinking about what you're going to eat when you leave. And then this happens all the time. Okay? And what ends up happening is it takes the preacher longer to get out the gate. Why? Because he's preaching the flesh. <laughs> and preaching don't belong to flesh. It belongs to spirit. So when your soul is engaged, the word comes across easier. When you have an appetite for it, the word comes across easy. It's a clear path for me to speak to you. But if I'm trying to speak, if I'm up here and I'm trying to speak to you and your mind is everywhere but here, it's a blockade. It's a blockage there. Verse 18. Truly I say to you, Whatever you bind on earth 
shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Now, this is some authority. He says, whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. So when we're coming here, we should be coming in here with a list of things that we're going to bind. When we come in here, we should be giving heaven some work to do. To bind means to forbid, to prohibit, to declare, to be illicit or illegal. Which means by us living under the name, understanding the name, understanding our father's kingdom, understanding how these things work, we should know what is prohibited here, what is illegal here, and what is legal here. So it lets us know that if we bind it on earth, that heaven is going to bound it. Now, how did, this is how it looks. If we declare it illegal, heaven said, I'll send angels to arrest it. To give you an understanding about how powerful binding is, in Luke chapter 13, verse 11, if you're taking notes, you can write this down and read it. And in Luke chapter 13, verse 16, Satan is said to have bound a woman bent together by means of a demon as his messenger, taking position, possession of the woman and preventing her from standing upright. So now I need y'all to, there's a woman in Luke chapter 13, and the Bible says when she encountered Jesus, she was like this. And the scripture says she was bound, which means that she could not stand up if she wanted to. And the scripture said, now what I just read to you is directly out the Greek. She was so bound, Dana, that she could not stand up. And how this looks is the devil was inside of her, possessed her body and would not let her stand up. He had her bound. And this is what Satan does. He had a demon literally living inside the woman and she's bound. She can't move. She just liked it walking around like this her whole life until she ran into Jesus. Somebody with some authority. Somebody with some power. This is what Satan does. Satan bounds or he yokes himself to people. A yoke is like being handcuffed. This is what Satan does. He handcuffs himself to you. He yokes himself to you and he makes you act like him and he takes your purpose and your destiny, whatever direction he wants to. Now, he does this in people. He does this in relationships. He does this to your finances. He bounds your finances. He bounds your relationships. You got husbands that they're not, not even talking to the wife. You got wives that are not talking to the husbands. You got children that are not speaking to the parents. He bounds relationships. You got siblings that are not speaking to siblings. All for the purpose of what? Him creating division. 
He's bounding. He binds organizations, communities. You go to a community like Chicago, where they call it Chirac. What do you think that is? That is the work of Satan. He has a whole community bound and people killing one another. He bounds cities. He bounds states. He bounds countries. He even bounds industries. That's why when you look at the entertainment industry, it's no coincidence that all of a sudden now, everything you watch has homosexuality in it. He, look at the music industry. All they talk about is what? Shooting somebody, killing somebody, stabbing somebody. I don't even think they use the word woman no more. You either a hoe, a bee, or a trick. A whole music industry bound. Satan has his hand on a whole music industry pushing his agenda. He bound systems, school systems, banks, governments. So Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So what we are to do is make a list of everything that you see that Satan is binding. He's binding. Look at your family. He binds you up. He got our minds all perplexed all everywhere at one time. What is depression? It's Satan binding. What is oppression? What is anger? What is wrath? It is simply Satan binding you. Meaning he got you tied up. You can't be happy to save your life. We come to bind up Satan's authority over what he has bound. This is the purpose of the anointing. God didn't just anoint you to show off. The anointing is there to destroy the yokes. The anointing of God on your life is there to destroy everything that Satan has bound. If you want to know what you anointed to do, all you got to do is look at what situation God is having you to fix. It could be homeless. It could be poverty. It could be teaching. It could be preaching. It could be prophecy. It could be philanthropist. What is it? This, what situation does God have in your heart that says, I need you to fix this? I have an overwhelming heart to see people talk correctly. I can't stand religion. I can't stand foolishness being taught to people. I cannot stand when pastors and ministries lord over people just for the purpose to get money from them. It bothers me. I can't stand ignorant Christians who say they're saved, but they can't even tell you how they're saved according to the scriptures. <laughs> it bothers me because I'm anointed to teach. So, Satan binds your mind, he'll bind your heart, he'll bind your soul, he'll bind your household, he'll bind your community. Look at your neighbors.
You probably have no idea what's going on in their homes. Look at your community. Look at the area you live in. Look at your family. And all you got to do is you can pinpoint the area in which Satan has them bound. I got family right now. Broke, busted, disgusted, but post on Facebook that the Bible fake. You bound, bro. You bound. Jesus ain't real. Okay, Satan is. <laughs> you better have an answer for that. But that is Satan's greatest trick to convince you that God does not exist, that the whole Bible is fake. We have communities that are bound. Look at the sexual preferences. And this one right here, for the life of me, I cannot understand how Satan has women so bound that they accept in a role of side chick. That is an actual position now that they don't even mind. I know you got somebody, but I'm going to be your side girl. This is Satan. God said you a queen, and Satan sliver right in and tell you, oh, just be somebody's side. You know they got somebody. Y'all looking at me like. <laughs> now, he said, whatever we bind on earth, we bound in heaven. And then he said, whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Loose means to permit, to declare lawful everything that the name stands for. It means to permit, it means to declare lawful everything that the name stands for. So whatever we loose will be loosened. So whenever we go to loose up something, the spirit realm sends forth angels with bulldozers, with AK-47s, to release whatever Satan has bound. But this is the thing. When we gather, what are we binding and loosening? Most of the time, nothing. Why? Because you're bound with your circumstances. You're bound with your situations. And as children of God, it is not to be so. And this is the reason why. The Bible lets us know that the Father already knows what you need before you even ask. So when you come in here, it's never about what you need. You handle that with faith. You should expect him to move on your behalf in any situation. Why? Because it's the predestined purpose for your life that he ordained, that he foreordained. So you should never come in here worrying about what you have or don't have. The Bible says that the just will live by faith. The just will live by faith. The just will Meaning those who have been made righteous will live by faith. But do you understand that you have been made righteous? Or do you think God is not moving on my behalf because something I did? And that could be the case in some situations, but it's rarely the case. Most of the time. Things are not moving in your life because you don't have faith in his word. 
And and some of the times you not having faith in his word is because you are living, not living according to what his word says. In order for you to have faith in the word, you have to live according to the word. But this is not the place. You don't come in here worried about your finances. We come in here to attack Satan's kingdom. We come in here to tear down everything that he has going. We come in here to build up the atmosphere so much that your brother and your sister can gain strength. If they were weak, they're going to leave out here strong. That's the attitude that you have to have when you come in here. <clears throat> now, this doesn't happen in a moment, which means, okay, you can't bind something in time and space and have it be bound in eternity. All right? So this is not a thing where you just going to say something and it's going to happen. This is an agreement. It's, a, it's an agreement. This doesn't happen in a moment, but must be a constant lifestyle or mindset. It doesn't just happen in a moment of time. This must be your mindset. This must be your lifestyle. This must be your heart desires. That's why the Bible constantly tells us to set our mind on heavenly things. Not on earthly things. This is why the Bible says, let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. So it's not a thing where we say we bind you, Satan, in the name of Jesus, and it's supposed to automatically happen. No, like I told you, you're supposed to live a life that represents the name. Jesus said when he was on earth, he said, I got to go. And he said, Satan has no part in me, which means none of what Satan stands for is in me. And that is the difficulty of us using the name. We try to use the name when we still live like Satan. And there's no power there. Jesus even said that you can't cast out something that's in you. They told Jesus that he said he's casting out devils by in the name of the devil. And he said that's impossible. In order for you to cast somebody out, you have to be stronger than the very thing that you're casting out. So this becomes the situation is that we want to see things bound, we want to see things loose, but that has to be a constant lifestyle. That's not just something you just come in here and you're going to say. No, it's going to be because you live that life. When me and my wife got married, we wanted, when we got married, we decided we wanted a, a, a healthy marriage. It didn't happen because we said it. It happened because we constantly fixed things as we went along. Okay? That's how binding and loosing, loosing happens. It's not just something that comes out your mouth. It's something that you constantly live. It's something that you constantly speak into yourself. You have to continually put the word in you because, like I said, it does not happen in time and space and then in eternity it just happens. No. God said, I want to see you consistently binding this thing. 
I want to see you consistently loosen this thing. You can't have hate and unforgiveness in your heart and try to lose love. No, you have to attack yourself first. That's why we come in here to be taught because first the word must permeate you. It must change you. And often you hear a lot of times in, in, in uh, whether on Facebook, social media, there's always this question of if God is real, why does he let this, this and this and this and that happen in earth? Because in Genesis 1.25, he said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over earth. So God stepped back and said, I have no authority down here. The only authority I have down here is through my children. So if your, if your mind is a wreck, it's because you're allowing it. If your heart is a wreck, it's because you're allowing it. If your soul is a wreck, it's because you are allowing it. If your household is a wreck, it's because you are allowing it. You haven't invited him into it. That's why when Jesus said, when you pray, he said, pray like this. Our father, which are in heaven, meaning he's not on earth. Make his name holy. Where? In earth. Because you have made his name holy, you want his kingdom to come. You're inviting his kingdom. You should be inviting his kingdom. Father, let your kingdom come to every man, woman, and child, to every situation and circumstance. Let your kingdom come to my mind, my heart, my soul. Let your kingdom come to every household, every neighborhood, every city, every state, every county, every continent worldwide. We have to invite the kingdom. It has to be an invitation. It's not this thing where we just sit back, I'm a child of God. Yeah, that's why Satan attacking you. <laughs> That's why he attacking you. Because he know you're a child of God. And he knows the math. He knows, look, if I'm going to take Chris down, I got to send more than a thousand demons. He knows if I'm going to take Chris down, I'm going to have to separate him from the rest of them. He already knows. You don't know. And so you catch an attitude at every little whiff of anything. He the one tell you they talking about you. God would never tell you that. Oh, my God. God would never tell you they don't like you. You better understand the nature of the person speaking to you. God is never going to tell you that somebody's ungodly. That's not God. God does not sow discord. He does not sow anything in your heart that will make you dislike a person. In the book of Jude, he forbid an angel to even talk negative about Satan. That's powerful, ain't it? That's how honorable he wants your heart to be. He don't want you to say nothing about Satan in a negative way. He wants you to be pure at all times. That's why the Bible says to the pure, all things are pure. But to the wicked and defiled, all things are defiled. The more pure your heart get, you'll find yourself always standing in the stead for someone, always making excuses for people. Oh, they'd be all right. They'd be, they, they didn't kill 20 people. Oh, it ain't their fault. <laughs> 
I'm just being honest with you. The more pure you get, you find yourself making excuses for people. But I was telling somebody a story that a couple of my friends, we knew this girl and she just, she, she was sort of crazy, kinda. She was vicious. But to make a long story short, uh, she got caught up in some stuff and got shot in the head. Died. And I'm sitting there talking with the guys, and the guy said, that's what she get. That's what she get. How can you say that? Somebody just lost a child. She lost her, the girl was like 23, 24 years old. Life over. And the only thing the guys could say was, that's what she get. To the pure, all things are pure. But to wicked and defile, your heart had to be real corrupt to think somebody deserved to get shot in the head and die. Now, Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, but I'm going to read 18. I'm going to read 18 first. Uh, it's not up there. No, 16. Uh... Okay, don't worry about it. It says, I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overpower it. Verse 19, he's talking to Peter. He said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Now, this is why the keys of the kingdom are given. The keys represent the name. All right. So whenever we are functioning and operating in the name, whenever you are operating in love, that is a key to unlock something from heaven. Whenever you are operating in peace, that is a key to unlock something from heaven. Whenever you are operating in joy, that is a key to unlock something from heaven. In Romans 14 and 17, it says that the kingdom of God is not meat, it is not drink, it is not stuff. It says, but it is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Satan comes to disrupt your peace because it's a key. It's a key. It's authority. Keys represent authority and power. So he lets us know we have given you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. He didn't say I have given you the keys to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is here on earth. It is the effects of the kingdom of heaven right here on earth. We don't have the keys to the kingdom of God. We have the keys to the kingdom of heaven. We are in the kingdom of God. While we are in the kingdom of God, he is letting us know, look, we, you have reinforcements. All you got to do is agree. All you got to do is bind it and loose it. All you got to do is say, we don't want this here and live accordingly, according to that. All you got to do is say, I want a good marriage and just live according to that. And everything that Satan tries to come and do against your marriage, heaven sends reinforcements to kill him, to knock him out. All you got to do, if you want, there's a key to your finances elevating. It is just found in the word. 
All you got to do is pay your tithes, give your offering, work hard, do everything in word or deed in the name, and that's the key. <laughs> I'm going to let y'all teach, so I'm going to sit there and look at y'all. Like, Now, keys denote power and authority of various kinds. Whoever has the keys has power to open and shut. Keys prove that he has entrusted us with the responsibility of bearing his name through power and authority. We have the keys, meaning the power and authority, to destroy demonic activity over the life of people, over families, cities, countries, industries, and systems. We have the keys to destroy them. Demonic activity. We have the keys to destroy demonic activity. We have the keys from heaven Watch this. To destroy sexual kingdoms that, that dominate our culture that have been magnified by lax name representation. I'm going to read that again. We have the keys from heaven to destroy sexual kingdoms that dominate our culture that have been magnified by lax name representation. So watch this. Our father says... That marriage is the only acceptable way to, enter, to entertain sex. Y'all agree with that? Okay. So what happens in the earth is this. They decide. You know what? We know God said that marriage is the only acceptable way to have sex. But what we're going to do is we're going to have sex anyway, which is what? Which is fornication. Is illegal, most definitely. Which is fornication. Now, the Greek word for fornication is porno. So all pornography is, is a bunch of people getting together, fornicating. Now, I want you to watch how this escalates, okay? I want you to watch how this builds. So they say fornication is okay, we can do it. Society accepts it. They started, they create a whole industry of pornography. Fornication eventually leads to adultery. Adultery leads to homosexuality. So they're saying, okay, it's okay for a man and a woman to have sex without being married. Then it escalates. They create pornography where anybody can watch it. All the time, the Christians are doing nothing but arguing with them. We ain't binding and loosening. We ain't in no prayer about nothing. We have no meetings to, to address this. So it goes from fornication to pornography, to adultery, to homosexuality, then it goes all the way to bestiality. Hmm. 
Then it goes from bestiality to molestation. All of this sexual immorality has happened because of on earth they agree that it's okay to have fornication. Because once, once you let Satan in, he don't stop. Now God just said sex in marriage between man and woman. That's it. So we go from fornication to pornography to adultery to homosexuality to bestiality to molestation. Watch this to sex trafficking. While the church is doing what? Praying to God, give him some money. The Bible said, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. Don't worry about the clothes on your body. The Bible says when you pray, don't pray to vain repetition for your father knows what you need before you ask him. But instead, seek ye first the kingdom. Seek to bring the kingdom of God down here on earth. All this is going on and no one's binding and loosening none of this stuff. No one's binding this. When's the last time you've been in a prayer meeting and they were binding homosexuality? They were binding sex traffic. When was the last time you've been in a meeting? A prayer meeting. That's the reason why when y'all come in here for prayer on Wednesdays, it's on the screen. Every time she prays, she praying against it. But is there any agreement? In the room. We have power that we have yet to use. Because of that, watch this. Atlanta is the kidnapped capital of America. Mm. <laughs> but we got a lot of churches. Everybody a Christian. But Atlanta is the kidnapped capital of America. It's a hub for homosexuality. Am I, am I lying? It's a major exporter for, for sex trafficking, which meaning that they are kidnapping little kids. They are kidnapping women. They are kidnapping even men now. And exporting them out of Atlanta and send them overseas, send them to other places and making money off people having sex with them. Right up under the Christian's nose and all we praying for is what? The reason that there's so much stuff going on in the communities, in the cities, in the state is because when we gather, we playing around. When we gather, it's a joke. That's what Satan's looking at. It, it's a joke to Satan. When we gather to pray and no force is coming out from the prayer. Oh, they ain't praying about nothing but their pockets. They just worry about their situation, their circumstance. They just want more, more, more. They want God's hand. We don't need God's hand. We need God's heart. If you get God's heart, his hand 
opens automatically. But his hand stays closed until you get his heart. Because if he opens his hand, you will take everything that's in his hand and you run with it. The most important thing preached across the pulpit now is what's in God's hand. Prosperity. God wants us to have prosperity. It's a part of the kingdom. But when we gather in here, we're trying to destroy some stuff. I'm almost done. Every domain has to have a ruler. Every domain has to have a ruler. In order for it to be a kingdom, it has to have a ruler. Watch this. Your mind has a ruler. Your mind is a domain. Who rules your mind? Your heart is a domain. If you are to be, if, if you say you are a king, then the first domain you are to rule is your mind. If you say you are a queen, the first domain you are to rule is your heart. If you say that you are royalty and God is your father, there has to be something that you're dominating. You can't just say I'm a child of God and everything is dominating you. Now you are a child of God. We reverse these things by violently engaging and disagreeing with the spirit behind the kingdom of darkness. We do not oppose people. We are opposing the spirit. I have no problem with people who are in a homosexual life. I have no problem with people. They are being manipulated by Satan. I have no problem with people who are thieves. I have no problem when it is a spirit. I have no problem with people who lie all the time. It is a spirit. They are being manipulated. I have no problem with people who are in pride. They are spiritually unintelligent or spiritually immature. That's why the Bible says we wrestle not with flesh and blood. That's why the Bible says although we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. We are not warring with people. And we're going to talk about this more when we talk about proactive prayer. Because that is a problem with the church. We don't pray proactively we pray reactively we don't pray about stuff before it happens we don't have a list of stuff that we're going to forbid to happen we wait to until it happens but i just told you you can't bind something in time and space and have it happen in eternity You have to agree with this with your whole heart, mind, and soul before it happens. We wait till somebody gets shot and now all of a sudden we want to pray for the family. Why weren't you praying? <laughs> you should have been praying for the youth. That's why they keep getting shot by police. You ain't praying for the youth or the police. You're reacting after the fact. Them crooked cops. Are you praying for them? The government. 
the president, the mayors. Are you praying for them? The Bible says, pray for the king that we may live in peace. Are you praying for them? That is our agenda. We are to pray that, our, that, the, that Satan does not use our president. If we bind it, if we loose it, it'll happen. But it won't if we just criticize it. Nothing's happening. What's happening is we're agreeing with Satan. So we attack homosexuals. We attack people. We don't pray for them. We attack them at their flaws. You better pray over your finances proactively. Don't wait till you ain't got none and then start praying for money because it takes time. <laughs> it takes too long. You should have been praying for your finances. You should have been praying for your future, praying for your career. You waited till, the, till you had a negative balance. <laughs> and, you, and you know what you want God to do? Poof. $100,000 in your bank account. And God is like, if I do that, you will be so lazy. You will have a super spirit of procrastination. If I just made stuff happen on the spot, you would have no reason to seek me. You should be meeting him in prayer every day with a list of stuff that you would not permit in your, in, first in your mind, in your heart, in your soul, in your spouse, in your household, in your community, in your neighborhood, in your city, in your state, in your family, period. You should have a list of stuff. This would not happen in my household. Don't wait for poverty. Don't wait for sexual immorality. Don't wait till you're sick. Now you got cancer. Now you want to pray. You should have been praying over your body the whole time. Now my son said God can meet the need. You should be praying for your relationships now. The age your kids at, you need to be praying for the relationship that y'all have a good relationship now while they're young. Because when they get out your house and Satan can attack their mind, your lack of prayer will be shown. He going to attack their mind anyway. Why? One, they're in Adam. <laughs> they don't have the nature of God in them, so they can only think according to the nature. You can't think past your nature. All right. <clears throat> when we gather in prayer as a family, we must have an agenda to use the keys of the kingdom of heaven. This is how we vote. If you want the right person in office, change the way you live change the way you pray. It don't matter what you put in the ballot box. It don't matter. I tell people all the time about Obama. Boy, we wanted Obama bad in office, didn't we? Come on, y'all shake y'all head. We wanted him bad in office. Once he got in office, he represented the hope that we wanted. 
While Obama is in office, black people got real laxed because we got what we want. They stopped praying. That's what happens. When you get what you want, you t typically stop praying for it. Well, in the meantime, while we not praying, you got racists that are attacking Obama. Then you got people who are attacking, black people who are attacking Obama. In the meantime, you got the music industry, you got the movie industry, you got all type of stuff going on, and bam, you get Donald Trump. His Twitter game looked just like ours. I ain't lying. His Twitter, the way he talked, the way he candidly speak about stuff is no different than us. We put that in office by our actions, by what we didn't buy and what we didn't lose, what we allowed to happen. We put him in office. But this is the thing. We haven't gotten any better. Who's next? That's scary, ain't it? All right, we're going to read a couple scriptures that promote or agree with what I'm teaching right now, just so you can see that Paul spoke this to the churches also. Philippians chapter 2. Verse one, it says, therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love. If there is any fellowship of the spirit, if any affection and compassion make my joy complete by what? Being of the same mind. Maintaining what? The same love. We got we meet with one mind. One love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Verse three, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. He's teaching them how to gather. He's teaching them how to gather and how not to gather. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourself. So when you step in here, lose the I and think about the we. Regard others as more important than yourself. Verse four, do not merely look out for your own personal interests. Are y'all reading this? But also for the interests of others. Then he says, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Jesus' attitude was based on the name that he represented. He said, this should be your attitude. One heart, one mind, one spirit, united one purpose Philippians chapter 1 verse 27 only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel that'll preach by itself 
so that whether I come and come and see you or remain absent, I will hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit. With one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. He's spiritually raising the church. He's spiritually teaching the church how to conduct themselves. If you want to feel the presence of God in your home, in your person, agree with the word. Have one mind. One mind. Romans 12, chapter 12, verse 16. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associated with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Romans chapter 15, verse 5 and 6. Now, may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another according to Christ Jesus. Verse 6, so that with one accord, you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 13 and 11. Finally, brethren, rejoice, be made complete, be comforted, be like-minded. Live in peace and the God of love and peace will be with you. So meaning that if you don't rejoice, if you're not comforted, if you're not like mine, if you don't live in peace, the God of love and peace would not be with you. All right, let's see what Peter had to say. First Peter Three and eight. To sum up, all of you be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind hearted, and humble in spirit. Verse nine, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. That's hard. Somebody evil towards you, somebody insults you, and they say, don't return it. Instead, give them a blessing. <laughs> Woo, that's hard, ain't it? That's tough. Somebody call you stupid, and you got to be, I bless you, brother. Bless you, brother. <laughs> you stupid, you stink. I bless you, brother. I bless you. You got to practice. <laughs> I already know. <laughs> Acts chapter 1 verse 14. It says, these all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to what? To prayer. One mind, they were devoting themselves to prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. Now this was when Jesus told them to go and wait on the coming of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit came, 
Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Is it up there? Okay. It says, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. That's how you get the spirit to move. Being all together in one place. Because we can all be in one place and not be together. And this is the reason why it takes so long to get in the spirit. Because we in one place, but we ain't all together. And Satan prides himself on distracting you because the last thing he wants you to do is get confidence in the spirit of God. That's the last thing he wants you to do. Now, this is the reason why Jesus said, I and my father are one. Then he prayed that we will be one with him. Jesus was able to operate in the power and the authority that he did, that he operated in because he was one with the father. I don't care how much you pray. If you ain't one with the father, there'd be no power. The reason why you see less miracles is because there's so many things on earth now to distract us. We got so many things that we got to do other than pray. It ain't even on the list sometimes. I got to do this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and this today. Ain't no word time in there. Ain't no prayer time in there. All right. 